Well, why don't you grab your Bibles, open them up to Luke chapter 24. If you didn't bring your Bible, but you brought your cell phone, I've got good news for you. If you download our church app, you can just do a search for um, Woodland Celebration. Our church app will come up. There's a Bible inside that app. Uh, I, I, let me, before I get too far into it, I want to share uh, an article that I read. Uh, it was a few years back, but it's worth sharing this morning as we get ready to dive into the topic. Um, there was this, uh, this church um, in Mount Vernon, Texas. Has anyone been to Mount Vernon before? Uh, it's just a little dot on the map uh, in Mount Vernon, Texas. And um, across the street, directly across the street, there was a bar. And business was going well for the bar. And so they decided that they were going to expand their footprint, their square footage. So they did this huge construction project. And uh, they started knocking down walls and expanding. Well, the church did not like that the bar was doing that. Um, and so they were upset. And so they had petitions going around, um, signing these petitions, trying to stop the bar from their expansion. And uh, they also uh, started praying together. And they were very public about this. You know, let's pray that some way, somehow... Uh, this bar will stop doing what they're doing. Well, right before the grand opening, lightning struck, hit the bar, and completely decimated all of their work. And um, the owner of the bar got mad. And so he decided, I'm going to take the whole church to court. It's a true story. It's a true story. I can't believe it. So he takes the church to court and he says, you guys either directly or indirectly caused the lightning to hit our ch our, my bar. And so the, the church pushed back and said, you got to be crazy. We didn't do that. We didn't have anything to do with that. We, we had no part of that. And so the court came, I mean, the, the case came to the judge the judge studied uh, both the, uh, the accuser and the defendant's position. He came out there and sat down. He said, look, I don't know what conclusion I'm going to arrive at. Uh, I still need to hear more details. He goes, but so far, what I've learned is, is that um, the church does not have faith in the power of prayer, but the bar owner does. <laughs> So I'm going to talk with, uh, with you guys today on this thought, the resurrection of faith. Uh, obviously, Easter is all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but I want to talk about the resurrection of faith. And just so we're all on the same page, faith is being sure, this sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not, it's sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. In layman's terms, what you're saying is, I can't see God, but I believe with everything in me that he's there. And he doesn't just watch, he gets involved. And he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. That's, that's called faith. And there's sometimes, if you're anything like me, your faith is huge. God is good. I love it. It's just like, ah, oh, it's just like bursting out of you. It's like you got muscles on your teeth. 
And then there's other seasons where um, you're struggling. It's like, I don't even know if there is a God. You won't say that out loud because you don't want anyone to yell at you, but you think it. And, uh, and you back up and you say, God, if you are there, will you stop making stars? We have enough and pay attention to what's going on over here. Have you ever thought that? And so you have these moments of struggling with faith. Well, there were these two disciples. It wasn't one of the twelve, the famous twelve. Um, it wasn't one of them. It was, there were several hundred people that followed Jesus all the time wherever he went. And two of those individuals saw Jesus crucified. They worshipped Jesus. They honored Jesus. And they were expecting Jesus to do something awesome. And it didn't happen. They saw him die. They saw him get put in a grave. And then three days later, they're walking home. They left Jerusalem. Let me read it to you. Um, It reads like this in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. That same day, this is a Sunday, uh, two days after, on the third day that Jesus was in the the grave, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles, which is a two-hour walk, from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. I'm going to talk uh, real quickly this morning about four things out of that passage. The first point is going to be the retreat. Uh, The second point is going to be the rescue. And the third point is going to be the reveal. And the fourth point is the response. And so let's talk about the retreat for a moment. Um, Like I was saying, these two disciples, they were disappointed in Jesus. They were walking. They just left the other hundreds of people um, that were following him. Uh, The twelve were hanging on. The twelve disciples were hanging on for faith. And so they were just kind of huddled together. But they left. They said, I'm out of here. It would be equivalent to um, somebody in this room just saying, you know, I'm out. You know, I'll see you on Easter and see you on Christmas, but you're not going to see me in between. (laughs) Just hypothetical. Uh, Uh, But I'm out! And by the way, um, we actually, by the way, most people um, uh, come all throughout the year, but it's just very hard in our culture for us to all come on the same day. And so what we've learned is, is that on Easter, culture helps us. They don't help us 51 weeks out of the year, but that one week out of the year, nobody has to travel, nobody has to go out of town, businesses shut down because it's Easter and they want you to go to church. And I'm like, thank you very much for helping us. And then everybody's able to come to church at the same time. That's what I love. Give the person next to you a high five. Give them a high five. Now say, can I have your phone number? Just ask them. Go ahead. I'm just trying to help the single people, all right? Just want the single people. 
Just the single people. Hey, can I have your phone number? All right. So these, these disciples, um, they are leaving. They're mad. They're disappointed. And I have to tell you, I'm the senior pastor of the church. And, and one of the things that I fight with, I didn't say this in the first service, but I'm going to say it in this service. I just feel like I, I, I should. One of the challenges that I fight with is uh, depression. Um, I, I've fought it for most of my life. And uh, the reason why I don't say it from the pulpit is inevitably somebody's going to corner me out there in the lobby and, and tell me that I don't have faith and I don't love God. Um, and so I don't say it very much, but I just feel like I should say it this morning. It's just, it's, it's a reoccurring battle. Sometimes I'm winning and I'm not depressed at all. I'm just like moonwalking through life. I love and then there's other times where it's like, Everything's wrong, but nothing's wrong. If you've never fought depression, you have no idea what I just said. But if you have, you're like, okay, yeah, this is, yeah. You can lay in bed and just stare at the wall for hours. And, and that's a, a, a reoccurring battle. Many of us have reoccurring battles, but most of our battles are all different. Um, one person may fight self-esteem, another person self-image, another person finances, another person their marriage. What I've learned is that we all fight battles, they're just different. And uh, for me, it's, it's uh, depression. Depression comes up on me and uh, I just get down, I just get totally depressed. And, and the only way to navigate my way through it is get a big spoon and a gallon of Bluebell and <laughs> just get to work. <laughs> And uh, it's such a good idea while I'm eating it. And then uh, I'm mad that I ate it. Are you with me? And so then the cycle starts all over again. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, during those seasons, I back up and I look at the Lord. I'm like, God, you know, what is going on right now? Why do I feel this way? What is happening? Are these worries, concerns that I have, are they real or are they just in my head? And I feel myself want to just retreat into a hole. Um, and inevitably, all three of my kids, Daddy, you want to play football? And I'm like, are you serious? Not right now. I'm trying to be depressed. <laughs> Can't a brother be down every once in a while? And, um, and I feel myself withdrawn, feel myself retreat, and, um, and, and we kind of go there. And, and then I'm just not good company. My wife and I went on, on a date about a month ago, and I was depressed, and I was trying to hide it that I wasn't depressed. And, um, and uh, we were sitting there, and we started getting into uh, a, an argument at the table. And the waitress came up and said, can I get you any dessert? And I looked at her and I said, look, we're trying to have an argument right now. And you're like messing it up big time. <laughs> she started laughing. We started laughing and the argument was over. Has uh, anyone here ever argued about something you don't even care about? <laughs> and it's in those seasons where you kind of withdraw. And, and, you kinda, and, and then all of a sudden Jesus looks down and he says, look, I, I, I see you and, and I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. And um, these people, they weren't famous people. They didn't have great names in the Bible. But Jesus isn't drawn to names. He's drawn to hearts. So he came running. And, and the Bible says that he's close to the brokenhearted. Uh, he, he's close to the broken spirit. And so if there's anyone here that you're trying to cover up your broken heart with some Easter lavender colors, I just want you to know that the Lord 
sees what's under there and he cares. And so he came. Uh, and so here's the rescue. Point number two, he shows up. And it's interesting because when he shows up, uh, he doesn't show up and start doing miracles and start prophesying and start being awesome. He shows up in disguise. I don't know if you've walked with the Lord enough to realize that a lot of times when God's working, we don't recognize it until it's already done. Right? And then you look back on it and you're like, man, God was there the whole time. Right? Have you ever looked back over your life and like, oh my goodness, God was so there. I wish you would be here. And it's like, oh, he is here. But you don't recognize it until you look back and like, oh, he was there too. He shows up in disguise and, and we look for his presence, but we can't always recognize it with the wrapping paper. It's in disguise. So he shows up to the disciples and and it's interesting while he's talking with them he doesn't say hey I rose from the dead no he keeps it and he just starts walking with him he shows up and he just starts walking and now keep in mind it's a two-hour walk so he's walking with them he's talking with them he's just spending time with them and the Bible says that these two disciples, as they were walking and they were talking, it says that their hearts began to burn. If you've ever retreated before, I have, I just told you that. If you ever retreated before, and then there's, you get and you say, okay, I got to stop retreating. I got to stop running. Nobody knows I am, but I am in my head. I am in my heart. Sometimes you can go to church every single Sunday and still be retreating. Do you know what I mean? Your body's here, but your heart's not. And, and you say, come on, shake yourself. You know, start you know, getting, don't run from God. And so you pull yourself together. And then all of a sudden, you start praying again. And sometimes when you pray again, it just takes one word. I don't know if you've ever been there where you haven't prayed in a long time. And then you just say one word. Or maybe you have prayed a lot. You never stopped praying. But because you're in a rough patch, it's just hard to pray at that moment because you're just going through so much. And then you just get like one word out. And what I've learned whenever I'm in those situations is I just start my sentences off with thank you. Thank you for, and, and when, I'm, when I'm really going through it, I got to go real basic and fundamental. And then it starts building momentum. Thank you for the house. Thank you that I've closed. Thank you for carpet. And then, <laughs> so, have you ever been down to like that? That's about as good as you got. I don't know if you've ever been there. Like, I, that's all I got right now. I'm not like Moses. So like, thank you for the shoes. And, and then all of a sudden, momentum begins to build. And, and this Holy Spirit comes into that moment and begins to take your prayers and builds momentum with it. And then all of a sudden, you begin to realize what you've been missing. And, and it's all of a sudden your heart, I don't know if you've ever been there, your heart starts burning again. You remind yourself, oh yeah. Oh yeah, this is why I love you. Oh, this is, and that's what Jesus was doing. He was showing up and he was saying, I do, I'm just going to be around you and remind you why you fell in love with me in the first place. Because when we walk together and we talk together, this is what you wanted. This is, this is what makes your heart burn. Yes, you like receiving presents from me, but you really want to be around my presence more than you want 
my presence. Can somebody say that's true? It's just the presence. And so they said, man, my heart is burning. And then Jesus did something so cool. He, he said, he goes, he goes, all right, uh, it's been nice. It's been real. It's been real nice. But I got to keep going. And he starts to walk off. And the two disciples go, no, 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 no. Don't walk off. Don't walk off. Don't, don't. And now their hearts are burning so much that they realize that life with you is so much better than life without you but once again they don't know it's Jesus yet all they know is that their heart is burning that they fell in love with him all over again uh, we've got a lot of pictures in our house of um, us me my wife uh, 20 years back 15 years back we got baby pictures this picture right here is a picture of her and I about 17 years ago we, we weren't married yet I have hair you see that? And uh, Allie was a brunette then. Look at the person next to you and say, is that your real hair color? Just go ahead. <laughs> like I got room to talk, right? Um, uh, Emma, just going to let y'all wonder whether or not she's a blonde or a brunette. All right, you guys just figure that out. But um, uh, I, I was just starting to lose it at that point. And in those days, a turtleneck with a, a, a leather jacket was like this stuff. But between the both of us, we both, if you take all my money and all her money and put it together, I think we had $23. Like we were like, we weren't poor, we were po. I mean, <laughs> like... And, and every single meal was like, you know, uh, every date rather was uh, a, a carton of Chinese food. And uh, we just, you know, ate it. And uh, when I look back on that picture, uh, I just remember what it was that, um, that I loved about her. Uh, she was just um, so peculiar to me. Like I saw her and I met her and she had a nose ring and I was like, ow. Like, that's not anything I would ever do. Like, hey, would you take a, and just ram it right here? <laughs> like, that's not something I would do. And so I'm looking at her and I'm like, I don't know what to think about this. Um, and then we got to talking and she graduated high school. And the first thing she did is she went to the bottom of Australia and backpacked with two friends all the way up the coast of Australia by themselves. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Like... Like, to me, camping is a hotel without room service. Like, <laughs> that's roughing it. And, you know, and, and I just remember looking at her going, we're so different. And uh, you're, you're, you're from Canada. And uh, Canada is much like your attic. You don't know what's up there. <laughs> When you do get up there, it's like, man, there's a couple cool things around here. It's mostly empty, but hey. It's a... So I just, and, and I look at these pictures and I'm like, man, I, I just, uh, I forgot how much I, I love you. And, and that's what Jesus wanted to do. He said, look, let, let me push all the disappointment away. I know you've got prayers and requests that, that are out there that you're wanting to be answered. And you've got problems and you've got worries and you've got concerns. But let's push all that aside. Let's just spend some time together and talk with each other. And their hearts begin to burn. 
But they still didn't know it was Jesus until the reveal, okay? So this is the reveal. They sit down inside the disciples' homes. And, and the disciples are talking with them and they're, they're feeding him. They don't want him to leave. And so there's like, we got food and we got stuff. Just don't go anywhere. And while they're eating, they go... They realized it was him. It was Jesus the whole time. And of course it was Jesus because nobody makes our heart burn like that. Have you lived enough life to realize that there's just nothing makes your heart burn like God? I, I remember when I was waiting tables at Casa Ole in Beaumont, Texas. And, and I, I got in my, my Honda Civic and opened up my ashtray. It was where I kept all my tips. And, and I pulled out all my ones. I was like 19 years old. I pulled out all my tips here. And, and I'm holding two handfuls of money. And uh, which is a huge deal when you live at home. You're like rich at that point. Um, I was living with my parents still and I'm holding it and I'm looking at two handfuls of money. And I, I just remember that moment of thinking money is never going to be enough. I don't know if you've lived enough life yet. It's just not enough. And, and they were like, Jesus, of course our hearts burned with you because you're the only thing that makes it burn. And, and so that was the reveal. And then the response. This is so cool. Um, the disciples, they were in Emmaus. That is a type and shadow of their old life. They just left Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where all the ministry was happening. These are where the Christians were. They left Jerusalem to go back to their old life. The minute they experienced Jesus, they stood up and started walking two hours back to Jerusalem so that they could go tell everybody they know about Jesus. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And, and I just want to say to you and to me, and I say it all the time if you come to church here, um, all the time you've heard me say this before. When you get to heaven, you're going to be able to do everything that you did here on earth. You're going to get to worship. It'll just be awesome, more awesome or better. You can give to the Lord. You can serve the Lord. But there's one thing here on earth that you can only do for him on earth. And you can't do it in heaven. And that's to tell people about what makes your heart burn. And invite people to church and drag your kids and drag your wife and drag your husband and drag people and, and just drag them to church because it's the only thing that you can do here. And so for those of you that just say, man, God has been so good to me. How can, how can I respond? Just remember that when you go to work and when you talk to your neighbors, they are going through struggles that you know nothing about. And they want to know that there is an answer. His name is Jesus. And that's our assignment. Let's dim the lights and put your eyes on that. Let's talk about Jesus a little bit. Would you do that? If everyone here would just bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody looking around, please. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, 
are you 100% sure you know where you'd spend eternity? Nobody will ever ask you a question more serious than this one. If the answer is no, but you want to fix that today on Easter Sunday, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? That's it. Hands are going up all over this room right now. Can everyone, as an outward sign of surrender, just raise both hands? And let's all together raise our voice and pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Would you please forgive me? You're the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And before we dismiss, let me pray a blessing over your life. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Have a great day, everyone. Be blessed.